feel after the com the the coming together of Ha Ha and Comedy Channel, what do you feel made that successful? Well, I think it was um, I think it was perseverance. I think the challenge to the group that came together was can we actually make a comedy channel that that works in, in in this industry can it can it be done especially since you know we were coming from two different previously adversarial groups of people you know who were trying to outdo the others we had two completely different concepts for comedy network ha was more sitcoms and kind of um they said that their channel was for people from, you know, six to 96, you know, it was kind of like a broad comedy network. Ours was, you know, comedy channel was kind of an edgier approach to comedy uh, and really targeted at young adults, you know, I mean, maybe 18 to 30. Gotcha. kind of where it ended up at the end of the day. Not that we prevailed. I mean, listen, we... We got together and quickly had to decide what programming we were keeping from either side of the of the channel, and that was actually a good thing because that means we had more programming than we needed at that point. Oh, absolutely! And so we took the best of both sides and uh, put together a great lineup. And you know, again, I think the heavy betting was that the channel wouldn't necessarily survive, but the people from uh, from the comedy channel side and from the ha side quickly said all right we're going to do this you know let's get together let's no more fighting and let's figure out what has to be done and we did it so at the end of the first year that was that was like a big moment for us because you know we <laughs> we actually beat the odds and stayed alive i mean i'm not going to say we were brilliantly successful at that point because we weren't right. you know we were only in in front of maybe 25 million homes, maybe 20, you know, million wow. homes. It was very, you know, it was still pretty small. But we were getting noticed. Yes. And we were attracting the attention of comedians. I, I, that's another thing that I think was um, a factor in our success. You know, MTV had launched two years before, and um, they became a place for rockers, for rock and roll stars, you know, and for up-and-coming bands. And the rock and roll industry, I think, and this is one of the things I used in my pitch, was really appreciative that someone had thrown them a network, you know. Yes. And that they had somewhere to go. And when we started Comedy Channel, we found the same thing. I mean, comedians would come and hang out, you know. They just... You know, now I'm not talking about the bigs, but I'm talking about younger comedians in New York. We were in New York. Right. We'd come and say, hey, I got an idea for a thing. You know, do you want to hear it? And we were really another place for comedians to hang out other than just the clubs. And that was important. You know, we became the place for comedy, which is what we wanted to be. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what made you leave Comedy Central when it finally achieved success? Uh, yeah, that was about eight years later, um, and I got fired. What? That, yeah, that's what made me leave. Yeah, I just gave away the ending of the book, so... Oh, uh, no! There's a lot of good stuff in between, so you should read it anyway. Uh, yes, absolutely! You guys, go check out the book. Make sure you check... I am sorry, I blew it! No, uh, no that's okay. I, I, 
I got fired because at the end of eight years, they, well, we had been through some management changes anyway, but they brought in um, a new president. I wasn't president. I was head of programming marketing along the way, but I was always reporting to a president. The president they brought in after the merger was a finance guy. Gotcha. And remember, you know, in retrospect, I think, again, they didn't really expect it to last too long. So they brought in a finance guy figuring they were going to have to just basically dismantle it. But lo and behold, they didn't dismantle it. And so after eight years, they got, I think they got tired of the finance guy. And they wanted to bring a new guy in. And MTV, it was MTV Network's turn to hire somebody for the head of the channel. And they brought in a guy from MTV, uh, Doug Herzog, who did a great job with the channel. But he fired me. And everybody else who had been associated with the earlier versions of the channel. Gotcha. And that's not, you know, I think there's two approaches when you take when you come into a new organization as the head. Mm-hmm. And since comedy, I had, I did that several times. You can either fire everybody on the spot, or you can see what happens and see who's good and see who's not. See who's working with you. See who's not. Um, it's it's a tender situation. Um, but anyway, that's what happened. Gotcha. So what do you think is going to happen to cutting-edge comedy in our age of political correctness? Man, I worry about that. And I'm not the only one. You know, Absolutely. Comedy Central had its 30th anniversary last year, which is, you know, to me, amazing. Yes. That a comedy entity, you know, and you think of great comedy entities, Saturday Night Live wins, of course, in terms of longevity on television, but you know, National Lampoon, which is a great, mm-hmm. you know, great magazine. Mad Magazine, which closed a few years ago, and yeah. is the source of all comedy in America. I still think um, because they were around since the, I guess, the fifties. Um, but you know, lasting thirty years is quite an achievement. Absolutely. But as a as a tribute to the thirtieth anniversary, somebody I worked with at the beginning when we were putting Comedy Channel together, a guy named Vinny Favali. Vinny and I thought we would do a bunch of podcasts. We did 15 episodes talking to people who were there at the beginning. Uh, and that included some com- comedians. And um, just about, you know, what it was like at the beginning, how crazy it was and how creative it all was. and everything. Yes. And they all talked about the fact that they're really worried that stand-up comedy especially is, is taking a hit here. Yeah. Because... As they said, if you know, if I can't get through a joke, if I can't get through a story without people not only heckling but standing up and walking out, you know, yes, this this is not a good environment. But the history of comedy is is full of periods like this. I mean, certainly George Carlin made you know made some of his you know made, made himself famous with the, the seven words you can't say on television, which now. You can say six of them without batting an eyelash. Um, yes. So, and, and Lenny Bruce got arrested several hundred times on, on stage for talking just about sex and religion. Yeah. Oh, and they my. said, you can't talk about that. And he yeah. said, why not? Um, but I guess we're entering a period like that. I don't, in my wildest dreams, imagine this will last forever. Certainly there's a... a contingent of comedians who are saying I don't care oh yeah and I'm going to do the comedy that I want if people don't like it they won't listen um, 
That said, I think there's some added sensitivity that's worthwhile. I mean, women, you know, God bless you all. You've been you've taken it on the chin for <laughs> the last thousand years, if you don't mind. We don't have to go to, into detail on that, uh, but it's true. And um, you know, I think a sensitivity to um, you know to women is is warranted to a certain extent. That said, you can't stop extent. talking. You can't stop. You can't. You know. You can't stop talking about you know your mother-in-law just because. Right. <laughs> because right. To use a bad example, but um, and women certainly listen. Female comedians. I, I credit Judy Tenuta. God bless her. Just died. Yes. She was terrific. Yes. But you know, some of those women comedians in the in the nineties, they were responsible. They were partly responsible for saying, "Hey, look." Check this out. This is what it's like to be a woman in the 90s in America. It's not pretty all the time. It, you know? Yes. And, you know, they point to the audience and say, we're talking about you guys, you know, and what you're doing out there. It's yeah. not nice. Knock it off. And, you know, listen, I'm paraphrasing. Nobody actually said that. But no, no, right. they brought it, you know, Sarah Silverman, are you kidding? When she first did her... Her routines, people were like, "You can't, you can't do that," you know. But she, right. Even today, they're still like, "You can't do that." Right. But but if you don't think that had an impact, right, on the Me Too movement, on the awareness of uh, of women's rights, absolutely, as if that needed additional awareness. But there you are. It's very important that you have comedians among the people who get to speak out and speak truth to power. Absolutely. Once that's gone, you know, what's her name? Judy, I forgot her name. We interviewed her. She wrote a book. Judy, um, she wrote a book saying, when they come for the comedians, we're really in trouble. And, yes. and um, I urge you to read the book, despite the fact that I can't remember her last name. Right now, because I'm old. You know? No. And those names escape me sometimes. Um but uh, that's the point, you know. When they start putting comedians in jail again, like they did in the fifties, we got problems. We really do. We really, really do. And like you said, I can't imagine that this period is going to last forever. I just hope it doesn't. I feel like we have seen this kind of thing before. I I remember periods of you know. When people were doing that with George Carlin, when people were doing that with um, Richard Pryor, when people were, you know, just, you can't, you can't say that, you can't do that, you can't this, you can't that. But then people got over it, and I feel like we're, I hope we're going to get to this point of, you know, I just, it's almost more uncomfortable with what we're not comfortable with, if that makes any kind of sense. I think that's right. I think that's a good point. So, um, Zoom is actually telling me that we are running out of time. Okay. Do you have any wisdom to leave our future comedians or our future entrepreneurs or just future dreamers in general before yeah. we go? Yeah. Listen, there's a few key things you have to do. One is perseverance. Two is you have to vision, have to have a strong vision of what you want you know, to succeed. And, uh, you know, those are, the, those are the most important things. And you have to have uh, enthusiasm. You have to have passion for whatever you're doing. 
those are the key ingredients for success in anything. But they certainly got me through, I think, uh, through the hard times and put comedy on the air. And I think that was important. Read the book. I also do the, um, I do the podcast also called Constant Comedy, uh, which is interesting. And I did the audio book, which is available. So the book's available in, you know, electronic form or hardcover. And the soft, the paperback's coming out in December. So get a copy on Amazon. You can go to my website, Art Bell Writer, if you want to see what else I'm up to. And, and I will drop all of the links in our episode info good. below. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Listen. Uh, and let me know what you think of it if you read it. Absolutely. Be sure to drop reviews 100%. And um, yes, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your presence. And you have a wonderful day, all my ladies on ladies, gentlemen. You have a wonderful day. I love y'all fiercely.